So welcome to what lyric with a capital Y? L. I I just wanted to mention the L. I took. I love the whole the 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 saying of I took the L. It's kind of. I know it's old, but I took the L in Chicago and made a took a snapshot of it and being like I'm taking an L. It's kind of funny. Why? Stick figure. You use it a lot when you're drawing stick figures. You use Y. As I do at least for arms. So why as a letter doesn't get enough credit. R ratings. Rate this podcast five stars or whatever you're feeling. Thanks. I enjoy doing this podcast and I hope you enjoy it too. C. It's in a Michael Jackson song and it started a great Latin phrase. Carpe diem. That stands for seize the day. Enjoy this upcoming episode. Hey, welcome everybody to What Lyric with a Capital Y. This is Season 5, Episode 10. It's the Season 5 finale. I made it to 50, you guys. I did it. That's awesome. I'm happy about that. And I couldn't be happier because for today's guest, it's a return guest. It's my great friend from childhood. It's Cooper Statil. I'm What's excited. Up, How are you doing, Coop? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the podcast again. It was uh, such a good time last time. I'm happy to be here again. Yeah, it'll be a fun time, and Cooper's been busy with music. He's released some new music, so we're going to dive into that. Um, Before we do, though, Cooper, what, like, inspired you to start making more music, I guess? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, uh, after the whole pandemic situation sort of started, um, I kind of realized, like, I was going to have a lot more free time than I've ever had, essentially, before. Um, Because I also wasn't going to school at that time. Um, I was taking, like, a semester off that turned into a Mm -hmm. year off because of the pandemic situation. And I had like, I had a bunch of demos of songs that I had just never turned into full songs. And I didn't really at that time feel like writing because like to write new songs, it takes two things. It takes the time to do it and the the want to do it. And yeah. I had all the time earlier this year, but I didn't really want to write songs. I wasn't in that headspace, but um, I had a lot of older songs that I never got to like actually do like the right way. Uh, and so, yeah, I took a bunch of those older songs, like um, my previous band, Semantics. We had some like old Semantics demos that never got turned into real songs. And I had some like other stuff. And so, um, yeah, I decided uh, I would essentially turn my bedroom into a little recording studio mm-hmm. and try that's to do those awesome. songs as best as I could. Yeah. And it was really fun. So that's kind of where these songs came from. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let's just dive into the song. So the first cool. song I want to go over is Live This Way. And before we start, the album art for this song. Like yeah, the dude. best album art I've ever seen, I think. Yeah, that, that album art was done by the incredible Brogan Williams, who um, is uh, an NC State student, actually. There yeah. um, you go. She is a graphic design student, uh, incredible graphic design work. Definitely hit her up if anybody listening needs like graphic design work done. Um, yeah, that album art is awesome. She's the best. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really, I really enjoyed working with her on that one. Yeah, and since it's a podcast, the album art is like a person with a storm cloud in their head. It's just awesome. Yeah, yeah. So you make sure when you check out the song, you'll see the album art. But yeah, yeah. we have a song, Live This Way, and the intro is awesome, by the way. And then the first lyric I kind of that stuck out to me is, I told you I can't shake this feeling that my happiness will always be fleeting.
that one too i mostly like that one um for the rhyme like uh feeling and fleeting or yeah. kind of like off rhyme um and yeah so and there's also something interesting about that lyric that um on the word fleeting so like that's a slow part of the song it's between mm-hmm. like the the 
kind of fast like rock tempo verse section and the like kind of heavier chorus section it's right between that so it kind of brings yeah. you from the verse into the chorus and it's real nice and slow just for those like six chords or whatever and the very last chord is actually what we call like an out of key chord um and so where it says like leaving uh it kind of hits a note that feels like a little wrong but it kind of drives the the energy of the lyric uh home but yeah so listen for that if you're listening for it but um yeah uh it uh that kind of was part i had the like i had the idea for the song not like the whole idea for the song but i had certain lyrics of the song like just going through my head for like weeks and weeks before i actually like put pen to paper and tried to write it and that was one of the lyrics i like thought about that in um like, I think it was like in the shower one day, it was like a shower thought. And I was like, dang, that's a good one. And I think I got out of the shower, uh, like <laughs> shower, like soap on me to write it down. I, like, I knew, I knew I would forget it. If yeah, I didn't, you're like, oh, my yeah. memory is so horrible. But yeah, yeah so that was um, one of the ones that was like, like, you know, I had a few lyrics in my head and I had to like kind of fill in the rest, but that was one of the lyrics that I just kind of had sitting in my head. And um that's like i said beforehand it's like the pre-chorus section it's like what's right before the chorus it actually mm. like does a variation on that lyric for the second time um and so like i kind of i i love doing that where two sections are like almost identical but you like yeah. change it up a little bit so if anybody listens to the song you can listen for that that uh that lyric is like almost the same but like changes during the second pre-chorus um but yeah i like that one very and, uh, great Great lyric. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. I can um go over the one I picked for that song, or like we can keep. Yeah, going yeah, go it. for it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So the one I picked out for that song is is essentially what I had as a concept for the song uh, before I did anything else. This came even before I had the idea for that lyric, um, which is essentially the whole chorus. The whole chorus lyrics go: "The storms in my head will never subside. I've been waiting for a time that I feel fine. I don't know when the next time is that I'll see the light of day." but until then I'll learn to live this way. And the reason I like this chorus a lot, um, first of all, it just flows really well. Yeah. Uh, like cadentially, uh, like the cadence of it is really nice. Um, but second of all, it kind of like is the entire ethos of that song in like one little section. Like the entire like message of that song is just in the chorus. Like you could just hear the chorus and like know what the song is talking about um, without hearing the rest of it. And the reason that is, is because the first three lines are like, I'm sad, everything sucks. Uh, but the last <laughs> yeah. line is like, the last line is like, well, I'm going to keep going anyway. Like, I'm going to trudge through it. Like, it's going to yeah. get better. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, I don't know when the next time is that I'll see the light of day, which implies that you're going to see the light of day again. And yeah. the last line is, until then, I'll learn to live this way. It's like, until then, I'm going to keep going. Like, things yeah. are going to get better eventually. I'll trudge through it, um, which I think is cool. Because uh, that's like kind of the whole idea of that song is that like, Things might suck sometimes and they might suck for a long time and they might yeah. suck really bad, but like you get through it, like just learn, yeah. learn to live uh, how you have to live until things do eventually get better. So that's what I picked for that song. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great message because I think especially with the pandemic and even before, like people go through hard times, like you just got to keep really? going and it'll, if you trust, it'll get better. It'll get better. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The pandemic is a, is a great example of that. Even though I wrote it pre-pandemic, it's like very apt. Yeah very apt so what's for i mentioned how the intro to this song was fire what instrument are you playing or what how did that yeah, work out so are you talking about like the right when the song starts like the very beginning or are you play, talking about when it so, kicks in a little harder i think is the beginning okay. there's like about eight seconds that are the very beginning and then it all kicks into the full band mix and those yeah. are both kind of the intro yeah well, there we go i don't know what i play no, why ads? 
<laughs> yeah, I was like, that doesn't sound like my song. And then I realized it was a, like a Spotify yeah, ad. Spotify ad, here we go. Not so, a sponsor, very much not a sponsor. At this very point. much not, it's kind of anti-sponsor. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a start start, but I just want to make sure. Okay, okay. We'll make sure for the sake of accuracy. We love accuracy. Yeah. Okay, I give up. Let's just say it's the first part because I can't figure okay. it out. So, okay, I'll just actually go through how the like whole intro works musically. Um, yeah, sure. There, there, it starts off with um, what we call a clean electric guitar. It's essentially electric and electric guitar, but with a tone that essentially sounds like an acoustic guitar. Like it's very clean. You can hear all the notes real clearly. Um, and it's a very thin sound. And so the way it works is the chord progression that is like the song's chord progression. It's this, um, I want to say A minor chord progression. I think the song's in A minor. Um, and so, yeah, this very brittle, clean uh, electric guitar starts, it plays that chord progression through once. Um, and then towards the end of it, the the big kind of distorted guitar, uh, it doesn't come in towards the end of it, but you do start to hear it like feedback a little bit. So I roll the volume in and you can kind of hear it swell up. And um, right at the end of that chord progression, I have the, the big distorted guitar play just a couple high notes, what we call harmonics. Yeah. Um, and so it goes from this clean, brittle guitar that's like very thin. And then all of a sudden it swells into this full band mix. Um, and yeah, I think it was like a really cool way of introducing the song because like it starts out, you know, the, the really clean guitar and stuff is not like the most interesting part, but it really creates a vibe. And the way I remedied it not being like the most interesting thing in the world is that I only had it go on for like one time through like eight seconds or so yeah. um, before the full band mix comes in. And once that full band mix comes in, um, it's that same chord progression. So the chord progression's already been introduced by the clean part. And now it doesn't uh, throw the listener off because it's the same chord progression, just with the drums and bass and like a big distorted guitar. Mm -hmm. uh, and what I add on top of that is this lead melody, like a lead guitar melody that um, I wrote. And this song was actually, I should mention, this song was a Semantics demo, my old band Semantics, uh, right before we broke up. This was like one of the songs we were going to do. And so I had written that melody a long time ago, but I still think like the intro melody for that song is like one of the best lead guitar parts I've written. So if any listeners yeah. are interested in going to listen to that, like you should, because that melody at the very beginning, I think is like super good. And it took me a long time to record. Um, yeah, I like was going to say, that part. sounds complicated and long. It was. Uh, and it's like, it was complicated for the sake of it being the best melody. Because what I kept doing when I was writing the melody was I kept asking myself, okay, where do I want this to go? I wasn't just playing guitar and being like, oh, that sounds fine. I was yeah. playing each note and I was thinking, I was like singing to myself, like, where should this melody go? And because of that, it went in a way that was kind of hard to play on the guitar. It didn't feel natural. And um, I actually remember at that time, I'll leave it on this note, but I remember at that time when I was writing that lead melody, um, Eli was the guitar player for some antics at the time. And I mm. remember thinking to myself, man, Eli's going to kill me for making him play this guitar part. <laughs> He's going to murder <laughs> me for writing this. Um, but yeah, so it's a cool lead part uh, and definitely took a while to record correctly. But yeah, I like the intro of that song too. I finally found it. Maybe. I found the other one. There we go. This is why, this is how I messed up. I literally, I've been listening to so many podcasts, you guys, like outside of my own. Like I went to podcasts and put in Statio. And it, 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 oh, really? It's a freaking That's song so funny. <laughs> That's it's like a brain glitch. Yeah. This is the clean brittle part, right? Yeah. And then you hear it start to swell. Right there. Right and there. That's my favorite part. Yeah. And then the second half of this is the part that, uh, yeah, I was. Sometimes Eli would be upset at me for. Yeah. 
And that's great stuff. I finally found it. Yeah. That's yeah. a phenomenal beat. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was pretty proud of that part. I was like, when I wrote that, I was like, dang, this sounds like a real, like bona fide, like modern rock <laughs> band, like part. Uh, so I was pretty, it's pretty proud of that. Yeah. Good stuff. Anything else you want to go over for live this way before you, yeah. um, not really. I, I like put a lot, a lot of thought into that song. Mm-hmm. What I'll say, like, just to close out with that song is that like, I had the music written. I wrote the music when I was feeling really inspired to write new semantic songs. Um, yeah. and I had the music written for like two or three months and I would just listen to it every day to try to see what I could do to make it better. And I would continue editing it. And uh, after about two or three months, that's when I tried to write the lyrics. And I did the same thing with the lyrics. Like every single day I would play the song like on an acoustic guitar with the lyrics and I would try to edit them to make them better. And so yeah. that was one of the songs I've like probably worked like the hardest on and like tried to like almost like machine it and make all like mm-hmm. the moving pieces work together. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was a cool experience writing that one and, you know, putting it all together. Yeah, it's an awesome song. You can tell you put in a lot of work on it. So it's a great one. We'll move on to the next one. Better Than Broken. And yeah. I just want to say the chorus, I was going to start with the chorus. Like, there's more than just Better Than Broken, but I just wrote down Better Than Broken. So like, the chorus yeah. is really good. Yeah. 
Yeah, thank you. Um, so yeah, the chorus, uh, gosh, <laughs> how does the chorus go? I think the part of the chorus that I, I added in is like an afterthought. Um, there's like a first half of the chorus and a second half. And the first half is like just normal lyrics. Um, and I'm actually blanking on what they are right now, but the second half is where it gets cool. And this was an afterthought. It, um, it's kind of like a chanting part. Like I did like three or four different vocal tracks and I kind of made them feel like they were way in the back. Like almost- Oh like yeah, I remember the part. Yeah, that's great. It sounded like like it was a bunch of people, like almost like a crowd chanting. And it goes, I know, oh, 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 oh. I know oh, 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 over like this heavy music part. Um, and those were kind of an afterthought in my lyric, like sheet, I just wrote the lyric I know. And I mm. was just going to say it once, but then when I heard it, I was like, Oh, that needs some chance. Uh, yeah. and I think that's actually maybe the best written part of that song. Uh, like those chanting sections half or at the second half of the chorus. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That song, that song is super duper fun. And that part only added to it. Um, that was another one that was a semantics demo. And this song definitely has like semantics DNA in it. Like it sounds very much like a semantics song more than live this way does. I think. Yeah, I would agree. It's a, it's a good song. I, I was going to get to that chant. So you beat me to that. That was, oh, awesome. a, great awesome. part. That was a great part. I'm glad other people notice it too. <laughs> yeah. And then, ah, uh, shoot. There's no lyrics, but I think leap of faith, you start it with leap of faith and then it keeps going. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, if you take that leap of faith, you're never going to go back. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. A new friend that you've made, a new life yeah. that you live for yourself. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, that's like the second half of the second verse. Um, okay. The second verse kind of starts out with this uh, almost like spoken word part. It's very mm -hmm. low key. Um, there's just like a very kind of like a laid back little drum part going um, and it says the exact same lyric twice. And then at the end of that, uh, the intro part of the song comes back. The intro is like a really fast guitar that's like trim, tremolo picked, uh, which I know is like a guitar term, but it essentially just means really, really fast part. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's that first, second verse, and then it just explodes back into the intro of the song. And after that part finishes, it's the intro of the song, but with those lyrics over it, the, uh, take that leap of faith part. And what that leap of faith is kind of referring to, I wanted to do like with this song, it was like live this way where I had the music for a long time before I had the lyrics. And by the time I got around to writing the lyrics, uh, I was like, <laughs> to, to be frank, I don't know how frank I can be on your podcast, but I was smoking like a lot of weed at the time and yeah. unhealthy amount, right? Like okay. you know, it wasn't horrible, but like on a daily basis. And I saw like a bunch of my friends and stuff also like smoking cigarettes like all the time and like continuously struggling to like get off nicotine and like weed at the same time and so what that is referring to is like the leap of faith of just like getting rid of those substances like yeah. stopping doing them um and it's like talking about if you take that leap of faith like you're never going to go back uh because like once you are able to like live on without that substance like you realize uh, for me, like it was a realization of how much money I was spending on it. Like yeah. that was the part of it. It yeah. wasn't like debilitating me in like really yeah. any way other than like I was spending too much money. And um, then the second part of that goes like there are new friends that you've made, a new life that you live for yourself. And I think that is an impactful lyric because uh, the new friends that you've made part uh, comes from the concept that you're going to take on the habits that the people around you take on. Mm -hmm. So like if you're around people that are doing drugs all the time, like you're going to do drugs, yeah. and like stopping doing that or, or any habit really that you uh, yeah. don't enjoy. Like if you surround yourself with new different people, 
what is the first e four? No, no, that's my. This is my habit. I think I spent a hundred dollars. hundred dollars on these last week. I got like three new ones and oh. like hundred bucks. So, whoa, that's Your money. crazy. That, that is a habit. Hey, that's healthy. That gets you outside. That's like sports that get you outside and are probably like healthy for you on a physical. Yeah, yeah. I'm still killing my wallet. <laughs> yeah, true, true. For um, the listeners, I hold, I held up a disc golf disc. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but sorry, it? what are you saying? <laughs> no, no, you're fine. Um, and oh yeah, so the last part of that lyric is like a new life that you live for yourself. Um, and it's like kind of talking about like a discovery that like the life you were living before was like in service of yourself, obviously, but kind of like uh, it was dictated by like substance use, which is like super unhealthy. And then being able to get off of those substances, you like rediscover how it is to live for your own personal benefit and for your own personal happiness, which is cool. Um, yeah, that's like more or less what that song is about. Got you, got you. That's a great song and a good message because it's better to live for right. yourself and all that right. in that Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. Anything else you want to go over for that one before we go into Lean Closer? Um, yeah, just for your listeners, if they're like uh, interested in that song, I'll, I'll like give like a synopsis of it so they can decide if that's one they want to check out or if they want to check out okay, the cool. other. That song is like very much like a fast paced, like pop punk song. Like it's mm-hmm. a very quick tempo. Um, and the verse, especially the first verse is like pretty blisteringly fast. Um, and then the choruses go like pretty heavy, uh, like not, not super heavy, but they go like, you know, a little heavier and um, a little more like dancey and vibey. And then the very end of the song is almost like a metal breakdown, but in like a major key, like not in a minor key where metal breakdowns normally are. It's in a major key. So it sounds like the tonality of like happy and bright, but it's like the rhythms of like a metal breakdown, which I think is cool. So if you're into any of that, um, like fast punk, pop punk, uh, metal, like that might be a song that you're into. Yeah. Cool, cool. I definitely agree with the pop punk aspect. I can see yeah, that. I saw like that in that one. Very pop punk. Heard that, yeah. Yeah. So now we'll go into the third one. We have Lean Closer. And again, I'm, you might think I'm just like, I'm a broken record. The album art's great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I'm not broken that one too or not, but it's, no, it's great. I will take this opportunity to plug my, uh, to plug the artist for that one. Her name is, she's a friend of mine from high school. Her name's Sedona Fisher. Yeah, uh, she goes, yeah, she is at Sedona Creations on Instagram. Cool. So go check her out. She goes to UNCW. Yeah. Um, she's awesome. And actually, while we're on album art, I will real quick, since I'm going to plug all of them, I'm going to plug the album art for Better Than Broken, which is yeah. actually funny that you mentioned Live This Way and Lean Closer, because actually Better Than Broken is my favorite album art. Uh, that one's like, good, too. I just didn't know if I could mention two. all three. It's like a it's like a whole different vibe than the other two. Though. The Better Than Broken yeah. album art is like in your face, lots of stuff going on, like bright colors. Uh, and so yeah. his name is um, Jack. Larrabee I think and I think that's his Instagram handle as well no I think his creative Instagram handle like for his creative account is signature sauce so that's where y'all can find him incredible work um yeah it's like a digital that he did for that one but yeah good album art all around I'm, I'm glad I could recruit my friends on these projects to help out with that yeah for sure they killed it with that and then the we'll ask Cooper the lyric he has but a lyric I have for Lean Closer is I think it's the start of the song drink up even though you're sober, scream at me, lean closer. Drink up even though you're sober. Scream at me, lean closer. This isn't what it's supposed to be.
made for me Outside the burrow on a Saturday evening And I didn't hang that first time Oh, I never should have outright That dirty old house was foreshadowing as well To how you break my foundation down Cut off my power Tear me down Brick by brick But then we'd share a shower And all would be The morning light grazed your eyes Glimmering and shimmering Your face was my sunrise And we had good times, all things So, um, I the way this song came about, this one was not a semantics demo. This song no. has like a super uh, like up and down kind of story as to how it came about. I was sitting in my apartment in Boone uh, at one point like last year, um, and it was right after I'd broken up with a girlfriend of mine, and the relationship was just bad. Like she was just not good at all. Um, and yeah, so I was sitting and I was playing these chords that I affectionately call the Hot Mulligan chords because there's a band called Hot Mulligan and they use these chords all the time. So I was mm -hmm. like 
I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow I'm gonna steal these chords to write a song for my own. Yeah, because you know you can't really patent chords. Uh, they're yeah. just chords. So yeah. I was like, I want to write a song in these chords because they're beautiful. Um, it's in a special tuning on guitar called um, F9 open um, or open F9. But anyway, that's like unimportant. But I was playing these chords and I just came up with that line. And I was like, wow, that line is so feely and so vibey. Like it has such a feeling to it. Like you kind of get um, like it doesn't say everything, but it says enough for the listener to like understand exactly what the feeling behind it is. And um, mm-hmm. the way I kind of came up with that was a. Uh, the first line, obviously, I came up with was drink up even though you're sober, which was kind of like a almost like a tongue in cheek criticism of the girlfriend I had. She um, she was sober uh, because she went through um, like issues with substance use of other substances, not alcohol. Um, and but, you know, she would still like drink all the time and insist like that was OK. And that was always something that I found like almost um like a, like I had cognitive dissonance with that. I was like, you know, you've gone through substance issues in the past uh, and you say you're sober and are proud of it and stuff, but like you still drink like a lot all the time, even though that's not the substance you uh, like had struggled with in the past. And so, um, yeah, that was almost like a very tongue in cheek criticism because when people hear sober, they think like alcohol mostly. Yeah. Um, so saying drink up, even though you're sober is like, uh, it's almost like a, like a rhetorical um, contradiction that actually makes sense in the context of the song. And then Scream At Me, Lean Closer came uh, pretty uh, naturally after that because I was thinking what rhymes with sober? Like what yeah. rhymes with sober? And then Closer came to mind. Yeah. And um, Scream At Me was a line just reflecting kind of what the experience of that relationship was like. Uh, again, not good and not fun. And, but what I love most about that line is the contradiction in the, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? The juxtaposition between scream at me, lean closer. Cause it juxtaposes mm-hmm. the relationship. It's like yeah. scream at me, but also like lean closer, like be close to me. Yeah. Um, and it was like, yeah, it, it represented that that relationship like would suck a lot. And then it would go back to being incredible uh, and being like really emotional and great. Uh, and yeah, so it kind of is just me working out all of those things uh, in like, four lines. I really like those four lines. And so after I wrote those, the whole, I like knew I had to finish out the song. I was like, okay, yeah. I have to write this yeah, song. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want me to go into my lyric? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Cool. So the one I wrote, uh, for this song is it's, um, in the middle of kind of the first verse section, there's not really verses and choruses in this song. There's just like an A section, B section, and C section. Um, but yeah, it's in the middle of like the B section, I would say, or it is the B section. The lyric goes, break my foundation down, cut off my power, tear me down brick by brick, but then we'd share a shower. Um, and the reason I thought this lyric was so cheeky, uh, like I thought this was like a really like, not not that the lyric was cute, but like the concept of the lyric, I thought I was being real cute with it because um the whole concept of the song or like what is said right before this is that um, I met her like outside this broken down house that we used yeah. to play shows at all the time. And then I say that broken down house was foreshadowing our relationship. And then in this line, I say things that had to do with the relationship, but were also the imagery of a broken down house. Yeah. Break my foundation down, cut off my power, tear me down brick by brick. Then we'd share a shower. Um, and so I was like really proud of myself for writing this because I was like, okay, like I, I met her outside this broken down house. That house foreshadowed our relationship being like broken down and non-functional. And then I like actually used that imagery to craft the next part of it. And so I was really honestly proud of myself. Lyrics are sometimes really hard for me and especially good mm-hmm. lyrics. 
Um, but making those jumps in a logical way was something uh, I was really proud of having done. Cause it's like, there's like kind of a, a poetic quality to it um, of being able to like make the jump between, oh, this house that I met you outside of, that was actually like uh, a concept that m mirrored our relationship. And then being able to say, oh, here's how it mirrored our relationship uh, with these lyrics. Um, so yeah, so that's that's why I liked those because that entire line is like a double entendre essentially between a a old broken down house and like a failing dysfunctional relationship. Uh, and I love double entendres, so. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one and it's definitely poetic and it's a great one because it's the one I picked too, so. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's I was like, that one's awesome. We need to go over that one, so. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Cooper thank knows, you. it's a great one. And yeah, I thanks. do love the foreshadowing with the house and the relationship and that double entendre. Yeah, it's yeah. A good one. I was just, I guess I was just like feeling myself when I wrote this song. <laughs> I, I was like, dang, I'm like on my lyric writing shit today. Yeah. Um, yeah, that song is also super cool because it's, I experimented with something on the last Semantics EP that was ever released. There's a song on that EP called Selfish and Benevolent mm -hmm. that is two thirds acoustic. And then at the very end, it explodes into this full band mix. Yeah. Um, and I really loved that concept. I was like, make it really feely and vibey and emotional in the beginning, and then take that emotion and turn it up to 11 towards the end with a full yeah. band guitar, bass, drums mix. And I did that on this song too. I liked it so much that I reprised that like idea for this song. Um, so this song starts out with just acoustic guitar and vocals, um, and it's really feely, and it really nails down the vibe of this song. And then in the middle of like the second chorus section, it starts to build up into the full band mix, and it explodes about halfway through. Um, and what I did to kind of mirror those two sections is in when it explodes into the full band mix, you know, with like big dynamics and guitar, bass, drums, whatever, I actually like mirrored a lot of the lyrics from the first time. And to get that extra intensity out of them, I would layer them over one another towards the yeah. end. Yeah. I was seeing this line like over a different line, over mm -hmm. a different line. Um, and so, yeah, I I just really like the concept of like soft, uh, feely vibes for the first half of a song and then explode into like a big uh, anthemic section for the last half. And that's kind of what drove this song was like that idea. I like that idea and I like the layering. Like that's something I heard and I was like, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, I don't know did that, but that's pretty cool. A couple people have mentioned that to me. That that's cool, um, and it's good to know. It's good to get some positive feedback on your creative ideas. Yeah, um, and then the last lyric I have for this one, I forgot about this one. It says, "I'll wait for a better story to come around," and then it goes into, "I feel I feel constantly at odds with how ours went down." Yeah. So this line, um, this line was an outlier in the song. I'm glad you like uh, put a spotlight on this line because mm -hmm. I wrote all the lyrics to this song, all of them. And then there was, so I had the, like the verse sections and the, like the kind of chorusy sections. I had all the sections other than this one. And there was this one part where I knew I needed to slow down the song. Cause that's what the song like was asking for, from me. Um, like that, it felt like it needed to slow down. And I just, for the life of me could not come up with any lyrics at all. Um, and so I was actually doing something that I think a lot of lyricists do. Uh, it's like, it's like a secret thing that we all, like it's an unspoken thing that we all do, which is we have a note on our phone that is just random lyric ideas. It's not even <laughs> one song. It's just, anytime you think of like a single lyric, but don't have time yeah. to write a full song, you like write it in that note. And so I was just looking through this note and it was, this lyric was about an entirely different person that I had written it about. Um, I'll wait for a better story to come around because I feel constantly at odds with how you and I's went down. Um, and I looked at it and I was like, this really fits this song. And mm -hmm. it has a super nice flow to it. You know, yeah. I'll wait 
sure about it because I can't, you know, it like it flows really well. There's like a lot of like off rhyme in there and a lot mm -hmm. of like um like consonants. Uh, and so yeah, I decided to use it for that section of the song. And I actually there's a a, a gripe I have with this section of the song how I did it. Um, because I think that lyric goes on. It goes on for four times that lyric, yeah. and I think it's I think it could have been better if. And I actually performed the song later uh, and did this with it, uh, where the first two times I only said, I'll wait for a better story to come around. And I left it on that. And I said that first, the first two times. Then the second two times I added, because I feel constantly at odds with how you oh, guys okay. And I felt like that developed it better. So I kind yeah. of wish I could like go back and uh, redo it. But like, it is the way it is. And the way I think of recording a song is like, when you record it, you're not recording like the definitive version of it. You're it's almost like you're taking a snapshot of where the song is at a period of time. Cause songs are, as you perform them and as you like, you know, just like play them and sing them more, like they're constantly evolving. So you're never going to yeah. have the finished version of a song. You're only going to have a snapshot of it at any given point in time. So that's kind of how I make peace with the fact that it's not perfect. <laughs> you know, it was a snapshot of where the song was in time, but yeah. Um, that bridge lyric was cool. Cause after I had everything else, it kind of helped tie uh, tie the song together in a in a way that made sense. So yeah, I'm glad you I'm glad you uh, put a spotlight on that one. Plus, there's some vocal harmonies, like some just oohs and ahs over the mm -hmm. last one of that lyric. Like it goes on for four times, but the very last one, there's like some oohs and ahs that build into like the climax of the song. Essentially, I'm gonna, I I really like how I added those vocal harmonies. So if you're a fan of vocal harmonies, go check out that song. <laughs> yeah, how do you um, determine when you want to use a vocal harmony? Um, so it is, it's informed mostly just by, uh, the music I've listened to in my ear. So normally how I write vocal harmonies is I'll listen, uh, and I'll do like an active listening to a song, like where I'm very actively listening to it. And I'm listening to both the music and the lyrics, but mostly the lyrics, um, mm -hmm. or not even the lyrics. I'm listening mostly to the vocal melody and yeah. it's just kind of an intuition thing where I like. I kind of understand how vocal harmonies work uh, in a couple different contexts. And so I can use that understanding to inform uh, like where I would want them. And so as I'm listening to a song, I can kind of like, I can almost hear them and they like jump, like the sections where I would want jump vocal harmonies jump out at me. And I'm like, they would really add something there. Um, yeah, it's most in just an intuition thing, but that intuition is informed by lots of experience with having written them in the past. Um, yeah, so it just kind of, it's like, you kind of feel where, like if, if a lyric, if a verse section or whatever goes on for a really long time, like, you know, my intuition is to add vocal harmonies halfway through to add some interest, right? You have the verse section and then during the second half, you add vocal harmonies uh, to add a little bit more interest to give the listener some ear candy to like latch onto. Um, so yeah, it's like that kind of intuition. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for that insight into vocal harmonies. I appreciate that. Of course. So before we get into the last song, I'm going to go over the podcast questions. Cool. I want to be a downer, but like my audience, I just got zero podcast question answers for about 10 to 12 episodes. So come Dang. on, guys. Give me now something. we're dropping the ball. Give me something. Give this again some podcast question answers. Yeah, okay. But no, thank you for listening, but it would be fun to get some audience interaction going into season six. But the podcast questions for today, one, I think I wrote, I wrote one song in my life. So I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll awesome. answer it. I'll answer it versus that one song. But one once and this segues well. What's the hardest part of writing lyrics? All right. Uh, so yeah, am I answering this one first? We both are. I, I can go first. My yeah, thing was 
please. Rhyming and making it flow. Because, like, I had never written a song in my life. So I was like, this should rhyme some. And I couldn't figure that out. And I was like, flow, it rhymes, but it doesn't flow. So that was the hardest part yeah. of me. That, I feel like that is a very, very common uh, issue with people who are new to writing lyrics. Yeah. Everybody and like you know you and everybody else is super used to writing like prose and full sentences because like you have to for school or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so coming from that, it's hard to write something uh, where you're like forced to fit it into a cadence and forced to fit it into like a melody or a rhyme scheme. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that is your difficulty because I think after you write songs for a while, not that I've been writing songs for too too long, but I have some experience. Um, I think it becomes almost second nature to rhyme things and to create something that flows. And so my biggest issue writing lyrics is I will sometimes write a lyric that means like a little less than it should for mm -hmm. the sake of it rhyming or flowing. Cause that's what comes naturally, naturally to me. Like I'll have yeah. one good lyric that I've just come up with, like some normally in the shower, honestly, that's where I come yeah. up with the lyrics, shower thoughts. Yeah. Um, so I'll have that one really good lyric and then I'll build the rest of the verse and the rest of the verse will be completely in service of the flow and the rhyme scheme. And it'll sound really nice and it'll be like, oh, that flows really nicely. But the like other three lines that follow that first really good one are like kind of lackluster in their meaning and stuff. So um, what I've struggled with recently is like not rhyming, honestly. It's like writing, almost writing like spoken word, like writing lyrics that are very meaningful and that add to the narrative of the song. Um, rather than just writing lyrics and singing lyrics that uh, that sound nice from a melody and rhyme scheme perspective. So yeah, just like getting away from the uh, the kind of sing-song equality of lyrics is something I've been doing and trying to get more into like spoken word territory with my lyrics. Gotcha, gotcha. That's awesome. Yeah. So the second question, and I'm sorry, my broken record, but I wrote this before we talked about it three times. What's your favorite album art? It doesn't have to be your own. I'll go first on this one so you can think about it. For me, it is probably, I think, Viva La Vida by Coldplay. That's great. Yeah. I actually don't know what my favorite is, but I have got... Top I, seven, I, top I five, top three. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to... If I tried to do like a top five, I would like spend like half an hour thinking okay, about them. But we don't have that, that time. A couple that come to mind real quick... Um, this album, Feel Something by Movements, uh, it has incredible album art. Um, and mostly, not because it's like super like out there or complex or anything. It's like honestly pretty normal in tone. Um, but that album art reflects the style and the feeling of the album so well. Like when you look at that album art, you know exactly what you're getting into. So Feel Something by Movements. Um, and I also really, really like, this might be just because it's one of my favorite records of all time, but um, the album, it's actually, it's like a two EPs in one album. So it has a slash in the album title, but it's um, Rain in July slash A History of Bad Decisions by a band called Neck Deep. Um, it has like probably the most like perfect pop punk album art, I think. Like, I think it's like they, they figured out pop punk album art and everybody else has been downhill from there. Um, <laughs> and then the last one, um, is an album called Copacetic by a band called Knuckle Puck. Um, and this is like, it's a punk record, but it's like a punk record with a lot of feel and a lot of tact um, and a lot of really elegant parts that uh, that kind of bring the more aggressive parts together. And the album art is like this nice mint green background with uh, just like a few little random objects that are drawn really elegantly in it. Um, and I don't know, it, it just like, it looks so clean and so nice. So Copacetic by Knuckle Puck is also in there. 
That's awesome. Those are cool. Make sure you go check those out to see the album art in the song as well. Yeah. And I'll throw yeah. I'll throw in what is it called? I'll throw in the lips this way. Yeah, I'll throw it in to my album. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure, for That's sure. Me too. Uh, and then the final podcast question we have is, we always ask this question. You know it by now if you've listened. It's, what is a good thing or good things happening this past week or this coming week? Mm, you want me to go first or you want to? Hey, you should go me? first. You should go okay. first. Uh, let's see. Last week. Last week. Uh, I got a call. Uh, uh, shameful, shameless, whatever. I recorded the podcast for last week, yesterday, so I oh, <laughs> said wow. the same things. I've been behind, but it's okay. But anyway, uh, you heard this last episode. I'll say it again because it was still fun. I played disc golf with my dad at Middle Creek. That was fun. I couldn't yeah. get the second ace in a row in 15 because I, I, the last time I played there, I got the ace, and I hadn't played since then because I did so well, and I went back and I went five feet over the basket really close. But anyway, that was fun, and then I got to call uh, – soccer and lacrosse saturday so they both won it was fun i mean 24 goals is hard to call but i got through it whoa lacrosse lacrosse. yeah marius lacrosse just smashes people so it was 24 to one it was it was six to nothing after seven minutes of play it was over but yeah that's awesome though that's crazy what wait okay so i don't like know i know like lots of sports and mostly do like the standard american sports really well How, yeah. what is a normal score for lacrosse i don't i don't lacrosse, I never men's or women's i like what's a normal score for like women's lacrosse say? okay well, women's lacrosse is probably like oh, i'm trying to think is it like hockey where it's like two or three is no no, no no it's like 12 to 7 is a, let's say a normal okay. score in women's lacrosse okay. yeah, and like sometimes we're going to 24 there. sometimes it'll be below 20 but yeah I would Crazy. say 12 to 7 is a standard game. If you have a close game, 12 to 11, yeah, it's up okay. there. If you oh, have a 5 you. to 3 game, so goalies and defense balled out. Like Really? Yeah, yeah, for yeah. real. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that, was, that sounds cool. Um, I hope disc golfing with your dad was fun. I miss your family. I haven't seen your family in so oh, long. stupid COVID. I've literally yeah. been like 15 minutes away from you guys sometimes now, and I'm like, why can't I go see them? That's like, so that's, sad. That's so yeah. sad. At least we get to have our uh, ESPN bracket group now. Yeah, and then whoever <laughs> wins gets to choose the beer. Get it, Really? Yeah. I, I did not know about this. <laughs> I have the note. It says whoever wins to choose the beer for next beach trip. Okay, <laughs> wow. If I don't that's- win, I'll start getting seltzers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I like those steaks, though. Those are good steaks. Um, okay, yeah, so a good thing that happened to me last week. Um, this past weekend, I went to Boone to see all my friends because that's where all my friends are. Uh, I'm unfortunately living in Chapel Hill right now uh, because of pandemic. But, um, yeah. yeah, so I got to go visit all my friends in Boone because I got my COVID vaccine. Um, that's awesome. was awesome, yeah. So seeing all of them was just so great. It's like I have such a – vibrant robust friend group in Boone and it it makes me sad that I can't see them more often but um yeah going to vibe with them was super fun we just jammed uh played music and we you know screwed around played video games that was a really good time what else was fun last week um we had I had a band rehearsal with this new band I'm playing with last week which I can't reveal the name of because but uh yeah so we had a rehearsal and we had uh the band photographer like come to rehearsal and like take pictures of us so now I have like a bunch of really cute pictures of me playing guitar on my camera roll that I can't even post because it's like all secretive (laughs) Um, that was really fun I guess those those are my good things that's awesome those are great good things I'm glad you got to go see your friends and got a good band practice yeah it was awesome so now we'll transition into our last song here. It is a sem- semantics. Did I get that right? 
Yeah. It's a semantic song, but it's an acute acoustic version. It's now the acoustic yeah. version of now. So what was your inspiration to take that and make an acute acoustic version? That's a hard word. Yeah, <laughs> for real. <laughs> um so the concept of doing an acoustic cover of a semantic song was one that I've had for a while because lots of people like semantics and they like the writing on the songs, uh, but like it's too yelly and too punky for a lot of people. Um, and like that was that was exemplified essentially like by my mom. She was like, because she always loved semantics, she would like listen to the records or whatever because like I was on them. That's what moms do or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I could tell that it was a little too uh, too punk and too rock and too aggressive for her because every time I would mention doing an acoustic version, her face would light up and she would be like, <laughs> you have to. Um, yeah. And so I was like, yeah, that might be a good idea to like get a different audience for a semantic song. And so I kicked around a lot of ideas to doing different songs, like songs that I think would lend themselves to being acoustic. But I eventually decided on now. Um, because it was the most popular semantic song. It was the one over the course of the band's career that like got the most plays. Uh, we played live the most. Um, it was like the semantic song. Um, and yeah, so I decided to do that one because most of the time, if you pick a popular song and do it acoustic, you're just going to get a better response from people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also thought that one like lended itself pretty well to being acoustic, like the tempo it was in, because um, I could slow it down a little bit and still have it feel natural. And typically for acoustic songs, you want to slow them down a tiny bit. Um and yeah, and I felt like I actually like a lot of the times I write lyrics. I'm not too stoked on the lyrics. I, I think the music part is the part I'm strongest in with writing, but I'm practicing lyrics. Um, yeah. but the reason I decided to pick that one for the acoustic version was because I actually really liked the lyrics I wrote for that one. I thought they were really thoughtful um, and like made sense together. They were cohesive. Um, and, you know, you don't want to pick a song with bad lyrics for an acoustic version, because what you're essentially doing when you make a song acoustic is you're letting the lyrics shine, yeah. you're yeah. taking down everything else. You're stripping it way down and the lyrics have to carry it. So I was like, that song has good lyrics. It's popular uh, and it would work well as an acoustic song. And so those were enough reasons for me to pick that one. That's awesome. That's awesome. So speaking of the great lyrics, what you got for that one? Uh, so I, the only so the only lyric I picked for this one um, was the lyric, I'm 20, still feeling weak from mental scars. And that's not the cadence of how it goes in the song. It's like, I'm 20, still feeling weak from mental scars. Oh, 
rainbows inside me have taken over the clouds and tears. I don't want to be the way that I was before. Aggressive and angry and spiteful with loss, but now that's no more. I was younger. picked that one was because in the original song it goes I'm 17 and feeling weak from mental scars and this was actually the only single line I changed between that version and this one um and I I thought about making the lyrics the exact same making it an exact cover uh but then I got to this lyric and I was like I can make this a little more updated like I can I can bring this into like 2020 or whatever and so I exchanged it with not 17 but my current age and then I said instead of I'm 17 and feeling I said I'm 20 still feeling yeah. um, and so I thought that was like a, a pretty good idea uh, I was like pretty proud of myself for like coming up with that idea because it just it made sense um to like reprise this song and to like uh, I don't know, review the lyrics and make them make sense for like where I am now, as opposed to where I was three years ago. So that's the one I picked, even though this song is full of good lyrics, but uh, I didn't want to pick one that I picked like for our last podcast episode. So yeah, I think we yeah. talked about the song then too. Yeah. 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 That's a good one. And then um, for that song, do you have like a, cause I know there's a bunch of lyrics, but do you have like a certain word or phrase that you like came upon? You're like, wow, that's a great one. Um, yeah, I, um, 
gosh, how does the chorus? The time is that. So I, I mean, the the lyric that is like the lyric of that song is "The time is now." Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I was gonna say it, that one. If you... it, it starts the song and it starts every single one of the choruses. But that lyric, like when I first came up with it, it like didn't really mean anything. Like the time is now. You kind of have to relate that lyric to a different subject. Um, and so then I came up with the second line of uh, the song, which is, it goes, the time is now, I kind of wish it were back then. Um, and so now we have some feeling added to it, like the time is now, but I wish I could go back. And then you can like kind of get into any subject or whatever, because it has some feeling. Um, and so I think that's maybe like it sets the stage for the song so well, because I love juxtaposition in my writing. And so saying like, the time is now, I kind of wish it were back then, you know, there's that juxtaposition of like, it's now, but you know, I wish I could go back and it kind of throws the reader or not the reader, <laughs> the listener, <laughs> in two different sections of time. Um, and see, so, yeah, I'd say that's probably like the quintessential lyric of that song. Yeah, I would agree. It's a, it's a great lyric. And again, I like how you took it and you added onto it to make it even better with that juxtaposition. That's pretty cool. Thanks, thanks. So do you have anything else for the time is now? Um, I, uh, oh, so something I wanna say, if any listeners um, are familiar with semantics, even if you're not, um, the way I did the bridge of this song, I think is really cool. And it's like the one thing that kind of differs from the full band version, because the way this song works, or the way the full band version worked rather, is that the choruses were, um, a little more low key. They were just in like a nice, good rock tempo. And then the choruses exploded. So it was kind of like chiller, you know, um, just kind of pumping verses with like big anthemic choruses. And then um, in the full band version, the bridge ups the ante, like the bridge takes, uh, it takes the chorus energy and makes it even higher. So uh, it kind of brings the, like the, the bridge has the highest point of energy in the whole song, except for what I did in this version is I mirrored that exact same thing. So lower verses, higher choruses, except for the bridge, I went down in feel. I like brought it way down and did like lower vocals. I dropped, so like the way this acoustic song worked, there are a bunch of acoustic guitars in it, but for the bridge, I dropped most of the acoustic guitars. I just kept mm -hmm. one guitar in. Um, and instead of going up in energy, I went down and let it build back into the last chorus. Um, so that cool. was something that I just wanted to highlight in this song that I think is different and maybe might catch people off guard if they're familiar with the other version. Yeah, awesome. So those are our songs for today. Now the fun part where I get to ask Cooper a bunch of questions. And I had to come up with new ones because we had done this before. Right, so right. <laughs> I won't even start with my own. I asked, I surveyed my family because naturally that's what you do. Um, right, right. My mom's question is... She said, any thoughts on your name change for music? And then are you moving in a new direction? Because Cooper kind of changed his uh, music tag name. Just to yeah, yeah. So I did. I did. And it was kind of something that I just did uh, out of not having too many other good options. So what I knew, uh, there's a couple things I knew. I knew I could not release these songs under semantics. That would not be right. Yeah, um, and I I knew for a fact I didn't want my like name that I used for these songs to just be Cooper Statile. I was like, that's boring. That sounds like just a singer songwriter playing like you know nice acoustic songs or whatever. Like, and I put a lot of work into these, and they're like full band production. So I wanted it to be like a band name, um, and I just couldn't think of anything. I thought about for a while doing like Coop, like C O O P, like with a period or something after yeah. it. And that was actually my favorite idea, but I looked it up on Spotify and there's like 18,000 artists like with that, uh, that kind of similar uh, tag. Um, I mean, that's obviously a hyperbole, but you know what I mean? There's- Yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and 
Yeah. So I decided um, to just use my last name because I thought it was like, you know, it's a cool kind of like out there last name. Most people can't pronounce it right or whatever the first (laughs) time. Um, And so I used it. And that was like kind of a a play that I took out of the Abel Mastro playbook. Uh, That's like what he did (laughs) too, right? Yeah, shout out to Abel. Um, he's incredible. But yeah, his his name like on Spotify and whatever is is Master, just his last name. And so I was like, you know what? That's a good idea. I'll just go with that. And I never really loved uh, that tag that I used, but um, it definitely works. And it's definitely better than anything else I could have really come up with, I think. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's kind of how that came about. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I agree with you. It's fun to like find a name that separates yourself, not that yeah. you're with the 18,000 other people that say Coop. Right. So named that's Coop, smart. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. Uh, the next question I have is you, if I get this right, you had, you did a Facebook live performance mm-hmm. for, it was called Pass the Hat. So what was that like talking to yeah, you? Yeah. Pass the Hat was cool. It is, um, it's a radio station. So it's a show on a radio station in Hillsborough. Um, and I'd actually been to that radio station twice before to do radio shows. Um, once with a band I was in called the Mad Ryans and once with some antics. Um, and I'd actually, uh, I had been like pretty lukewarm on my experiences with them thus far. Cause, um, they really like love having full bands in the studio, which is incredible. It's nice, uh, that they want to get full bands in there and want to give bands the platform, uh, to play. Um, but I had just, um it had kind of come to my attention that they were not prepared to like do audio for a full band in the small room that they had Mm -hmm. um and so the audio mixes for full band performances um I was always like a little bit I wasn't like upset about them but I felt they left a little to be desired um because you know it's hard in such a small room to get drums mic'd up and get guitars mic'd up and vocalists mic'd and have it not all bleed into one another Uh um but when they invited me to do this acoustic performance um I was like, that could be really cool because there's yeah. a lot less stuff going on there. Um, and so, yeah, it was, um, and this was, these were different people than had done the Semantics and other band um, performances before. It was a whole different show. And so the, um, uh, the like one of the hosts of that show, Kim Lane, offered to like have me on after Live This Way came out because she heard Live This Way and was like, I want to have him on. And um, yes, yeah, so I got there and it was really cool. I prepared like six songs, four originals, two covers, and it was on Facebook Live, but it was also on their radio station. Um, and it was really cool. There were like a good amount of um, <laughs> uh, like technical difficulties involved, but um, you know, that's like, that's part of a live performance, you know, like it's not something to get upset about. It's something to like have fun with. Um, and so like, I, you know, I thought it was super duper fun regardless of like the technical difficulties. Um, and I played three of the four songs we just talked about. I played every one of my new songs except Better Than Broken. Um, and so, yeah, so you can go check those out. I also, the Semantic song that I mentioned earlier that was half acoustic, half full band, um, I also played that one. And then I did two covers. Yeah, and it was a super good time. The Facebook Live is like still up, so you can go listen yeah. to it. Um, the quality is like, all right, it's, you know, it's 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 okay. And again, there were some tef- technical difficulties, but yeah, if, if anybody is so inclined, you're welcome to go watch that. Yeah, that's awesome. And for those of you who don't know, Cooper's a fen- phenomenal live performer. So oh, make sure you. you go check that out. These questions have no particular order or anything. So we're just going to keep going. What's your favorite video game from childhood and favorite video game now? Because I know we oh both game God. a little bit. What a good question. <laughs> what a freaking good question. Oh, my gosh. So that is such a tough question to answer. Um, my favorite video game from childhood, like 
I'm, I'm inclined to answer this question with a video game that I liked the story of, okay. um, like that I liked the narrative of, but I'm not going to for my childhood because I think the answer has to be Super Smash Bros. Brawl. Uh, was the game I played most as a child. And that birthed, like, like I have a few great loves in my life. One of them is Star Wars. One of them yeah. is music. One of them is Super Smash Bros. Like, it is in the big three of, like, great loves of things that I'm into in my life. And so that game, as a kid, like, birthed my love for that uh, that whole series. And now I, like, play that game competitively. So I think that has to be um, the one I pick. And I think my favorite video game as an adult, uh, like more or less has to be Borderlands 2. Um, mm-hmm. It has, like, it's not the most feely story. It's not the most, like, intricate story, but it is super fun. That game just, like, bleeds the word fun. Um, the shooting mechanics are great. The story is, like, super wacky in, like, the most, like, uh, Borderlands type of way. The dialogue's really funny. Um, and the environments in that game are really cool, too. And there's, like, endless amounts of stuff to do, especially with, like, the DLC you can get. Um, Borderlands 2 is an incredible game, probably my favorite one. Yeah, uh, for me, just because I really like this question, I would say I like Star Wars Battlefront on the PS2. Like, yo, graphics, for real, like for not real. the best, but like the mechanics, not the best, but still good enough. Where you could just shoot the randomly hit you. It's fun. It's a fun. That game. is up there for my favorite games of my childhood too. Like that game is awesome. That's a great choice. I feel like. Yeah, it's a fun game. So going off what you said in that question, what's your favorite Star Wars movie and character? Oh, God, I'm going to catch flack for this one. Um, I'll answer it anyway, but people are going to DM me and be mad at me. Uh, Don't do that. My, my favorite Star Wars movie, Psy, is episode three, one of the prequels, uh, which yeah. is like, it used to be like, if you mentioned that, you would get murdered by the Star Wars fan base. But as people my age have grown up a little bit, um, the prequels, like the movies that people think of as the bad ones, have actually started to get a lot more love, and especially episode three. And the way I kind of look at it is um, episode one and two, the first two prequels, are awful. They are bad movies. Uh, And then episode three gets unfairly lumped in with those two um, because episode three is actually super-duper good. Um, It has some actually, like, really good, uh, like, character building um, because that's the episode where you get to really see Anakin, like, slowly but surely turn into Darth Vader, Uh, not just in his physical form, but like in his outlook on the Jedi Order, um, his outlook on life and his anxiety as it it relates to Padme and stuff. Um, And yeah, you also like have some really cool environments in that movie, like Mustafar, uh, where Anakin and Obi-Wan have their big lightsaber battle at the end. Um, I just think, I think episode three is like so, so good. Uh, It like, yeah. And I want to say that a close second for me is episode six, uh, okay. Return of the Jedi. Um, the, mostly because I'm like a very visual Star Wars fan. Like all the stories in the movies kind of are like all fine to me. Um, but the environments and like the looks of the characters are like really what I like. And so Endor from Star Wars episode six. Oh, Endor uh, is great is sick and um luke with like the all black and the green lightsaber is awesome and his like final battle with darth vader in the death star at the end um great just awesome so yeah episode three then episode six i don't know who my favorite character is that's a that's a really tough one as a kid i'll say as a kid it was mace windu i liked the purple lightsaber again like a very visual star wars fan so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna butcher this i'm not a star wars person though i like it but like i don't yeah, yeah. Get out, but I think it's one of the more recent ones, like maybe the last three 
They go. It's like a prequel to when they blow up something and they go and like stop it. Oh, are you talking about Rogue One? Yes, there we go. Boom. Yeah, Dude, love that one. Rogue One is it's so good. Rogue One is so, so good. good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I love that. Um, I saw that in theaters. That was great. Yeah, I saw it in theaters like two or three times. Like, I don't like newer Star Wars movies really. Like episode seven, eight, and nine, I've been all kind of lackluster on. Yeah. Um, especially episode eight, I really did not like that movie. But um, that one, uh, Rogue One, so good, so good. Um, and the environments in that movie were super good too. There's like the planet where like the final battle takes place on with those like beautiful lakes and like the grassy landscapes in between them or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite song or like top three because I know favorite's a tough question but to play the drums for or to play the guitar for oh okay that's a that's a, such a difficult question wow um gosh I so I do this thing where I play entire like when I get on the drums I put on headphones and I play whole records all the way through like I'll sometimes that's play cool. like an entire album all the way through that's and cool. so Maybe not the most challenging, but the most fun album for me to play on drums, just because I know it back to front uh, and mm. I can like do it and it just feels so natural and so good is um, an album I mentioned earlier for the good album art. It's Rain in July slash A History of Bad Decisions by a band cool. called Neck Deep. Cool. Um, it's a punk record and it has lots of super good punk groups, but the drummer of that band, it's a punk band, but the drummer came from like a metal background. Um, and now the drummer is actually like a rapper too. So he has like lots of rhythmic influences. So it's a punk record, which is generally thought of as simple, but with really informed, like interesting drum parts, uh, which is awesome. Um, in terms of favorite record or song to play on guitar, that one's a little tougher because um, at any given moment, I actually don't know too, too many songs on guitar. I learn all the ones that I have to learn for bands or whatever, and I'll learn any that I'm like interested in, but then I like quickly forget them uh, after I don't have to play them for a while. Um, gosh, and I'm sure there's one that is just like the most fun, but I can't really think of it. Here's what I'll say. Um, there's a local band called The Second After. They're a pop-punk mm -hmm. band, um, and they have a song called... Uh, Oh, what is the name of the song? Oh, they have a song called A Change in My Condition uh, that is super fun to play. It's a really short song. There's really only three sections in the whole song, um, but it's super fast, um, has like lots of fun, like picking stuff going on. And uh, yeah, Change in My Condition by The Second After is that's my awesome. most fun that's guitar, awesome. it's, at least right now. I'm sure that's not like my most fun ever, yeah. but in terms of songs I know all the way through right now, that one. That's cool. That's cool. So these next three questions are kind of quick. Uh, do you prefer snowboarding, skiing, or tubing since you're in Boone sometimes? Uh, definitely tubing. Um, I think if I got better at it, it would be snowboarding, but I suck at it. <laughs> snowboarding is hard. I can I can only ski, and I want to tube. I have not tubed yet. That's not my oh, list dude, of things. It's so fun. Do. It's so fun. It's like <laughs> giant sledding, yeah. Uh, what's your dream car? Dream car? Um, a Jaguar F-Type. I love the okay. Jaguar F-Type. Yeah. That's a good one. And then what's something you could eat like for a week straight? Um, dude, Asian food. Like just straight yeah. up like cheap, like Japan Express Asian food. Like that shit just goes so hard. Um, it just does. I had it for last night, which is why I might be thinking about it, but it does go hard. Okay. I'm trying to give you a good last question. Uh, let's do two more. Do you listen to your own music? And this question is kind of inspired by me because I should be listening to my own broadcast more than I do. I don't enough at all, but I need to, and it's hard to do. So I was wondering if you listen to your own songs, do you like doing that, that type of thing? Yeah, yeah. So 
listening to your own work, um, like your broadcasts or my songs, it's hard to listen to them just as an objective listener to it. it yeah. It's hard to listen to them as art or whatever, or as like almost as if you were watching the game you were broadcasting mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but you, it is helpful to listen to them as like game tape. Like yeah. you listen to them for things that you can do better or whatever. So I do listen to my own songs. Um, strictly to make sure they still sound good like and that I didn't just go ear blind to them when I was mixing them or whatever I'll listen to them like every couple months just to be like oh yeah this song still holds up um yeah so every once in a while I don't listen to them too much for enjoyment um even though they I think they are good songs I've just heard them straight up a billion times having like written them so yeah, you hear it times you write the song you practice the song on all yeah. the instruments then you record all the instruments and then you mix it for like a mm-hmm. week or two and so i've heard the songs just way too many times for this lifetime and the next uh so every once in a while i go back to them but not too often again it's more like game tape makes sense makes sense i would agree with that i, I avoid it as much as i can i need to try more so yeah. All right, the last question I have is one for you that you can ask me. So do you have any questions you want to ask me since I just grilled you? Oh, okay, yeah. Um, what is your, like, so you cover essentially like you do an artist every podcast or like kind a of, band that you talk about yeah. somebody with. See, yeah. so funny, funny story to that before you okay. go. Sorry to cut you off. But no, like of season five, like I started with guest and then I was like, I think I can do a guest every episode. That's not that hard. And then I just right. missed one and I was like, well, now I need something, so I grabbed an artist. So, like, season four to now has been, like, artists and stuff. Before then, season one and two were, like, creative themes, which I really want to get back to, but it's hard yeah. to find creative themes when you use so many. I think I have 20 now. But there are more. So, I'll try to get back to that in season six. But, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, that is that is all good. Um, In fact, something I like about your podcast is that it is, like, you know, the, the subtitle for the podcast is a musically or eccentric podcast. But you explore like lots of different things um, in terms of like creative, uh, creative projects and um, just generally like other artists uh, and other kinds of art, um, which is cool. But uh, the question I was going to ask is like, what has been your favorite uh, like band or artist to like cover their lyrics of? Like what essentially what's been your favorite podcast to like analyze that artist's Ooh. lyrics? This is hard. Besides you. Um, <laughs> of huh. course. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> Besides Cooper. See, I think all the popular ones sounds good. Um, the one I like, I dove more deep in that I didn't think I would was Billie Eilish. Like, I, yeah. I have a, Vanessa, shout out to Vanessa Merritt. She's been on the podcast and she recommended that episode. But I was like, eh, oh, well, Billie Eilish, much right. at all, no offense, just not my thing. But like, I'll dive into it. And I just dove in head first and was like, wow, these are great lyrics. And then I just got really into it. And I, I thought that was going to be like a 20 minute episode. And I looked up and it was like 40 because I'd just been keep going so yeah that one yeah, also super interesting yeah for sure and then uh the halsey one is just fun because i love halsey oh awesome yeah i haven't listened to too much halsey um but i do i am a little bit familiar with billy eilish and i think she is just such a cool artist because she's a pop artist obviously but she comes from a like punk and like uh rock background essentially uh and so she has like a lot of those like visual themes and aesthetic themes but she's like formed it into pop music, um, which is crazy. And she's also so young. She's like two years younger than me. Uh, Crazy. Yeah. If I ever need to feel bad about myself, I just think about Billie Eilish's (laughs) success. (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy. All right. That was a great question. You got any others? You're still living in Raleigh, right? Yeah. I'm at my house. That's been an up and down 
Oh, you're the house it? during college, yes. Okay, gotcha. Um, I'm going to throw, like, the, the stressful question at you. Um, I got you. Actually, but I'll phrase it in a non-stressful way. Uh, oh, what would be, like, if you could do anything after you graduate for, like, a year or whatever, like, non-committal, just for, like, a year, like, what would you go do with your life? For one year. Do I have to have a job? It, it can be a job, but it doesn't have to be a job. Say okay, you just so have like enough money to sustain yourself for a year. Like, what would you go do? I got you, you, I got you, I got you. Would you like, yeah. So if I had to have a job, I would find a middle school where I could be like an athletic director and try oh, that okay. out. And then at the same time, I would it would be local enough that I could still do my merit and stuff for the next year. Because they're, they're bringing field hockey in for the fall, and I really want to try that out. So that's one. Two, if I don't need a job... I want to buy a good car, maybe like not an RV. I can't buy it. Okay, if I could drive an RV, I'd buy an RV, pack on my disc golf disc, and go on like the pro tour, but just do it myself. Whoa, that's awesome. That, yeah. That's a really good answer. Yeah. Dang. Because like, I, I, obviously, I'm really into disc golf. You all know that. I've talked about it right. every podcast. But like, yeah. one of my friends, Raven Newsom, he was our teammate, but he went, he's going on the pro tour now. It's just so cool to see him play different tournaments every weekend. The courses are just really awesome. So yeah, yeah, I would definitely do that. Great question. Yeah, I bet that would be so cool. That's such a good answer. Yeah. What would you do about you at a year? Oh gosh. Uh, Well, okay. So assuming, so my big caveat is not if I would have a job or not, but it is if pandemic was over or not. Yeah, yeah, same. Sorry, I meant no pandemic. Let's assume pandemic is over. Uh, I would play as many shows as possible i would play so many shows and if i was not playing a show on any given night or whatever i would go see a show um i yeah i would spend the entire year writing recording and mostly performing music um yeah that's awesome that's awesome hopefully you can get back to performing more in front of audiences soon i know that's something you love and you're great at so fingers crossed for that all right, that'll do it here for what we with the Capital Y season five, episode ten. Our guest Cooper Statio came back and did great once again. Our songs we went over "Live This Way," we went over "Better Than Broken," and we we went over "Lean Closer" and now the acu- acoustic version. So indeed, thank indeed. you, Cooper, for being on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Was it too. Really great. Make sure you go check out his music and check out check him out on social media. I'll put all those into the description again as well for season five i'm john hudson for cooper Statil from the raleigh and sierra saying see you in season six